Good morning, and thank you for tuning in to the Monday edition of Fantasy Frenzy here on Sports 1440, brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky, home of Alberta's best beef jerky. Locations in Leduc, Spruce Grove, and West Edmonton Mall. Check them out online, wilhawkbeefjerky.com. I think I can speak for everyone. A gift card to Wilhawk would be a fantastic little gift for Christmas. Maybe a, a stocking stuffer, maybe... Maybe the entire gift. I think uh, it's a win-win situation for those who go out there and do that. Like I said, willockbeefjerky.com. Connor Halley, Brandon Douglas with you here on this Monday morning here in the city. We'll be talking fantasy sports for the next hour. If you want to get in on the conversation, one 1440 You can also email us, Connor at sports1440.ca and Brandon at sports1440.ca. Lots to get to on the show today. Coming up in about 20 minutes, we'll get to Fact or Fiction, brought to you by the Canadian Brew House, where I will be tonight. The Manning location, Eagles and Chiefs. going to be a lot of fun watching this one, qualifying three lucky winners for a chance to go to the Super Bowl in Las Vegas. Also, somebody will leave with a CBH barbecue package, which I don't know the exact value, but with inflation, I, I feel like it's a couple hundred dollars. So that would be a nice thing to leave with. Also, chance to grab... A 1440 hat as well. All tonight down at the Manning Canadian Brew House. Also got the Oilers in action. Five o'clock start. So you can get there. You can beat me down there actually and see Calvin Pickard make his debut this season for the Edmonton Oilers. They look to bounce back from a frustrating, disappointing loss in Tampa on Saturday. Brandon, how was the uh, the first four hours of your show so far? It's been a great morning, Connor. Uh, obviously some disappointment and still lingering frustration with this Oilers team after a Saturday afternoon where the power play is not firing, your big guns aren't, uh, you know, shooting any bullets, mostly blanks. But uh, it was an exciting day of NFL football yesterday to follow that up and kind of get people's minds off of the Oilers, I think. And what Kevin Carius is calling a top four Grey Cup of all time. A game-winning touchdown with 11 seconds left on the board. Not too shabby. And a great halftime show. Yeah, Green Day was great. Game was great. Certainly pretty much all you can ask for. I mean, going into this one, as someone who doesn't have a horse in the race, I was just thinking, you give me uh, give me some drama towards the end, I'll take it. That's what we got. Good to see Canadian c- c- catching the game-winning touchdown. Uh, Fajardo had some haters going into this one. Looks like he silenced them. And the Montreal Alouettes and Jason Moss, former head coach of... The Elks, the Double E, the Eskimos, whatever you want to go with. Um, yeah, good to see that. He was a, a good guy to deal with. I liked I liked the interactions with him. So happy for the Alouettes. I got Mondo Sewell still there, former member of the Double E. NFL, you touched on it. I don't know how good it was. Pretty sick of my team, to be You're totally honest with you. You're just sour grapes, Connor, because the Chargers stink, and they ruin my weekend every Sunday. They don't stink. They just don't win. Well, that's stinking. They they cover the spread. Yeah. Unless they no, were favorites. I don't know. They were, I believe, three-point favorites oh. in this game. Well, then. Or maybe even two and a half, actually, because I think when they were up by three or four, whatever. Yeah, would have yeah, been four, four, I guess, before that last touchdown. Uh, I can't remember exactly what line I was on. But either way, they were favored in this game. Yeah, they, they I, you know what? It wasn't even Brandon Staley. Keenan Allen dropping two potential touchdowns. Austin Eckler fumbling inside the five. Quentin Johnston, first-round pick. You got to catch that big boy. Come on. 
was very frustrating. But there was some good football uh, being played around the NFL. Uh, I mean, there, there are some questions to be asked as well. We kind of were talking about your guy, Sam Howell, going up against the Giants again because the first time those teams met, he didn't exactly show out. And then what happened? What happened to the Giants? Like, I thought they were the worst team in football, but against the Commanders, you know, they go out there, they play them pretty tough. Steelers, Browns, kind of a boring game. I guess if you took the under, you're happy. Jalen Warren, been pounding that drum for a long time. Nine carries, 129 yards. Maybe, just maybe you get the ball in his hands a little bit more going forward. Dolphins, Raiders. I thought we'd see a lot more points in that one, but Devontae Adams did did pick up the touchdown. Tyreek Hill continuing his outstanding pace on the season. The Cowboys, uh, Tony Pollard, owners, if you had him, good to see him find the back of the end zone finally. for wins. Like we were waiting for that one to, to finally happen. Uh, we got there. Calvin Ridley, who's been kind of boomer bust in his time with the Jags. He went off for two touchdowns in this one. Houston Texans get the win again. Tank Dell. Why did the Chargers draft Tank Dell? Why'd they go for Quentin Johnston? Eight receptions, 149s in the score. CJ Stroud. Made it a little interesting. A couple turnovers, but... Just wanted to keep it, keep it close, you know, keep the game in the mix. You know, the cards did them a solid trading last year, so maybe Stroud's like, yeah, we'll keep it a little bit close for mm-hmm. you. Get some entertainment value. Uh, 49ers and Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Brock Purdy. Did, you, did anyone start Brock Purdy this week? Over 300 yards, three touchdowns. Brandon Ayuk, 156 through the air. Man, Josh Allen, bounce back performance from him. No one started Khalil Shakir, did they? Because if they did, they had a great inside tip. 115 yards, one touchdown. Rams, Seahawks, kind of uneventful. Uh, Denver Broncos pick up the win on Monday night. Russell Wilson. Good game. Good quarterback. I have Not a, elite fantasy numbers. I have a qualm with this game, and it came on the first possession of it, where the Vikings turned the ball over on a Josh Dobbs fumble. That hit by Kareem Jackson looks to me like the most textbook, blatant example, demonstration of a leading with the helmet hit. Hit him right in the chin, crown of the head. No call, turnover. I mean, the the Vikings led the majority of the game. Like, that was far from their biggest issue. But, like, that's the first drive, and it's a turnover immediately. You then don't get the ball uh, coming out into the second half. Broncos didn't score a touchdown till their final possession. Like I, I would, if I was a Broncos fan, I would not be feeling too confident. Yes, it's your fourth win in a row, but this was not pretty. And the Vikings, I don't know. I think the Vikings are kind of just playing with the house money at this point. After you start zero three, you lose your starting quarterback, you lose the best receiver in football for five weeks. Like the Vikings are just like kind of riding the wave. If they can keep themselves in the in the playoff hunt, all the better. But like Broncos fans that are tooting their horns here on Monday morning. I would uh, relax a little bit. Well, I, you know, I I get it because you're going to be pumped up. It's been a it's been a few years since Bronco Country's had the ability to ride, and now they've done four straight. I'm with you. I kind of tweeted as jokingly, like they're just field goaling their way back into this one. Like drive down the field, kick a field goal, kick a field goal. I do not like Kareem Jackson. I I'll just say that that's where this this started. I think he is a cheap shotting artist like this this is a guy who's already been suspended this season for multiple personal fouls yeah or unnecessary roughness however you want to put it 
And then he does that on the first drive of the game. There's not even a flag on it. You'd think they'd be watching him. 22 and white or whatever. They were in the blues last night. Yeah. He he did this like five years ago against the Chargers. And he gave one of his teammates a concussion, knocked him out, uh, took a shot at Rivers when he was sliding. Like, this is what he does. He's He's a cheap player. He's dirty. And the league obviously tried to do something about it. And they appealed. I mean... When your when your refs don't even throw a flag on those plays, it is a little bit upsetting, especially some of the flags we've seen. You know, the the late hits, the unnecessary roughness on the quarterbacks that are just terrible. And then you see a guy take a shot to the head from Kareem Jackson, who is a hitman out there, and they just let it go. So I'm with you. Uh, Montana DeRice is Ayuk. Yeah, I, I can tell by your name you're a Niners fan, and Brandon Ayuk certainly is developing quite nicely making some big plays out there for the 49ers team. Eric says, good morning, guys. Of these four players, who do you think will produce the most for the rest of the season? Raymond, Batherson, Perfetti, and Jarvis. Also, I'm assuming it's too early to drop line A, but his ice time is way down and he's getting benched. He's literally producing nothing. It could cost me a win this week. Should I hold on to him or drop him? especially for someone that actually scores. Have a good one from Eric. So let's let's start off with the first one there, Brandon. What do you think? Raymond Batherson, Cole Perfetti, Seth Jarvis. I'm going to include Seth Jarvis. I've loved what I've seen from him uh, since he came into the league as a pretty fresh-faced kid uh, last season, I believe, is when he made his debut. Lucas Raymond is part of this upstart Red Wings team. We've talked about it a couple times. It's We don't envision it persisting throughout the full season. I'm sure Detroit will be in the playoff picture and at least in a uh, contention down the stretch, but Raymond's not exactly at the top of their production list when you have guys like Debrinkit, Larkin. And this, those one I'm kind of torn between Batherson and Perfetti as a second um, option. The Jets are a surprisingly good team. I think they're surprising a lot of people. We all know that they have uh, perennial Vesna candidate Connor Hellebuck and Nett, but when they sent out Pierre-Luc Dubois, they got a very good return in that trade. Uh, Gabe Bellardi, Alex Ayafalo, Rasmus Kapari, like these are great, uh, none of them are probably superstar players, but great middle six and filling out your lineup type guys. So I'm going to say Perfetti, uh, I really like his game. If, like I said, it says purely points um, is what uh, Eric's looking for here. So in terms of points, the rest of the season, I will say Jarvis and Perfetti. And Patrick Liney. Well, I mean, him getting benched is kind of a big deal. A uh, guy who, geez, when he came into the league, just tore it up to begin with, but hasn't really lived up to that in a while now. Do would you drop him? I I I know Eric saying is like probably too early. I don't really think so. Like he's not just getting benched; he's getting health bombed. And this is a guy whose production has he at his best. He was a streaky player. Now the streaks of good are getting fewer and far in between. Um, dropping, like, to me to drop him as opposed to just throwing him on the bench and give it a little more time to, who knows, maybe he takes this uh, benching in a positive way and, you know, invigorates him to come back better than he's been. But, like, we just haven't seen a lot from him. And, and Vincent, uh, new coach Pascal Vincent has shown he's not – He's not shy from benching top players. He benched Johnny Gaudreau earlier this season. He's putting a stamp on this team that had a lot of turmoil at the start of the year with the Babcock situation. So I would not I would not fault you for dropping him at this point. There's a lot of really good players probably still out there on the waiver wire. 
but if you wanted to hold on to him uh, and see how he responds from this benching, a healthy scratch first, uh, I think that might be the more um, optimistic outlook and one I would probably go with personally. Chad says Jones Walker three, which might be a typo, and Walker Davis. The, Kenneth Walker the third. I yeah yeah that could be a two. But why wouldn't he put Jones thirty three then and Davis thir- thirteen? I assume that's Gabe Davis and Aaron Jones. Well, yeah, Gabe. Davis. I would guess they're not the third though. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah anyways, let's let's jump on to it. Kenneth Walker is number nine. Where's number nine? Terrible running back number. <laughs> but, yeah, that's a tough one for you. Aaron Jones, he left the game. He was in tears. He and Joey Bosa left the game in that one. Both in tears. Bosa might only have a foot sprain. It might not be the Achilles like we thought it was. Uh, that is a tough one. Rod says, finally, you guys can stop, can quit saying how good Winnipeg is. Quit comparing them with our five wins. Eskimos did in a great cup. They're not a dynasty. Uh, Rod, we need some commas in there, but we never, we never said that on this show. He might uh, be referring to we talked, we talked a decent amount of CFL this morning. Obviously, yeah. recapping the Great Cup and spoke with Scott Taylor from Winnipeg. Um, very in touch there with both the Jets and the Blue Bombers. And I mean, yeah, we talked about the fact that this was Winnipeg's fourth straight Great Cup, uh, winning two of them, losing two others. Like, it's perfectly fine to say that they've had a good run here, especially when the Double E have in the toilet for, for a good stretch and nobody's comparing it to we we said it's like if, if Winnipeg had won this or maybe the or won all four that they've been to then you can talk about uh, that dynasty tag throwing on them but winning just two out of four I don't think that's quite good enough especially in only a nine-team league call me crazy okay well I didn't get it but yeah Rod's right they're no <laughs> they've won two in a row that's not a dynasty Going to four doesn't make you a dynasty. Are the Buffalo Bills a dynasty? No. 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 You got to win for it to be a dynasty. I would say so at, le- I, at least with- three championships, and then there's some debate over how many years um, that can be. Or we had this debate with Declan last week about the Spurs. <laughs> they won however many over like a 15 year span, is but it was mostly the same core players. Like it's a it's it's a healthy debate that I'm more than happy to have about what actually qualifies as a dynasty. And uh, I think yeah, but yeah, Winnipeg. Winning two, going to four in a nine-team league certainly does not qualify. As I scroll through the history of the, the CFL, talking about Grey Cup winners, Queen's, dynasty, Queen's University dynasty, <laughs> they won three straight. The Argos in the late 40s won three straight dynasty. The Eskimos in the 50s dynasty. The Bombers winning four out of five. I'll, I'll throw a dynasty in for them. Eskimos in the late 70s, early 90s, or so early 80s, dynasty, 100%. Winning two straight and then losing two straight does not make you a dynasty. Not even close. Maybe if, like, you're, like, wanted to throw the old modern dynasty, but still, no, come on. We got we to gotta have higher standards for that one. There's nine teams. <laughs> exactly. And eight up until uh, pretty recently for a good stretch. So, like, and... There are a lot of people that dog the CFL. It's fine. Like, it is not my particular cup of tea, say, to compare to the NFL, but they're, they are two different sports. They are not the same sport with different rules. They're two different sports, Canadian football versus American football. So it's uh, there's a lot of passionate CFL fans, and I love their passion. Going to games is awesome. But, uh, like, talking about dynasty, two wins in a four-year span does not cut it. No, no chance. 
Okay, this Brad a while ago had uh, mentioned the Chargers potentially moving LA. We had a little debate about not really debate, but conversation. I just I don't think the Chargers will move away from LA. They alienate another fan base, and their net worth has doubled like two billion dollars. So Spanos is happy. Uh, he also asked. Are you happy they're in L.A. or wish they stayed in San Diego? That was a couple of days ago, but I wish they stayed in San Diego for sure. I loved going down to, to Qualcomm and enjoying the game. But Brad says today, boys, how about those Broncos? LOL. Easy schedule coming up except the Texans and Lions. Well, Brad, you got the Chargers twice. You know there's going to be close games. They might not be good, but they could go either way. It could be like a 9-7 game somehow. The Chargers will lose most games for, uh, well, any given season. At least half, half of them. Why is this well, Texans fan talking so tough? Connor, on a little winning streak. Well, yes, winning. That that's <laughs> what puts me in this position. You probably think they're a dynasty. Oh, oh yeah, the Texans. <laughs> dyna- the Texans are a dynasty of losers. I'll tell you, the te- dynasty of bad quarterbacks. Um, but uh, no, the Chargers games will be close. I'd say they probably split them. I, I think would so. Guess. Uh, they play the Texans in a couple weeks. They, he said t- easy schedule except the Texans and Lions. Okay, they play the Browns next week. The Browns can stop. Their defense can stop anybody. Miles Garrett's a beast. Miles Garrett. And uh, sure, the Browns' offense is uh, not very good right now. But uh, who knows? Maybe Joe Flacco will transform it, uh, signed to the practice squad this weekend. So the Browns, not an easy win. Texans, not an easy win. Two Chargers games, not an easy win. What you're talking about is an easy schedule for the Broncos. Includes the Patriots on (laughs) Christmas Eve. Yes, they're very bad. And then the Raiders at season's end. These Raiders are feisty. Under new coach Antonio Pierce, like they do, they're not laying down. So um, I'm going to have to disagree with you there, Brad, uh, that the Broncos have an easy schedule coming up. I disagree. D- are they going to be a, a playoff contender? Yeah, maybe. If they can uh, keep this momentum going. But like I said, don't feel too cozy about that win last night. It was far from impressive. <laughs> Uh, Rob in the birds has stopped talking NFL season is over tank for Georgia tight end Brock Bowers sad bangles Rob in the bird yeah Bowers is going to be a heck of a player I'll be upset if he goes to the Cincinnati Bengals Joe Burrow Jamar Chase Bowers T Higgins might be gone but they'll be a pretty good offense I think the Falcons should draft him no they're gonna get Marvin Harrison Jr. oh yeah right and make him a blocking tight end for some reason <laughs> we cannot let that happen uh, Brad sends the laughing emoji back. It's going to be interesting. AFC West, the battle for second is going to be fun. Uh, where's Lance today? Lance, you, you, I I will say the Raiders did a lot better than I thought they would against the Miami Dolphins. I thought Dolphins would win by like 20 points. Raiders showed up. Devonta got on the board. Uh, good performance. Good performance. But those those New York teams are just a whole lot easier. Okay, we'll take a break. When we come back, we'll get to fact or fiction. It is Fantasy Frenzy brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. Hallie and Douglas on Sports 1440. 11.25, it's Fantasy Frenzy here on Sports 1440. Connor, Hallie, Brandon, Douglas with you. The show brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky, Alberta's best beef jerky. Check them out online, wilhawkbeefjerky.com. 1-833-401-1440 is the text line if you want to get in here. Lance says, if Jimmy G wins, or sorry, if Jimmy G started, Raiders win that game. Change my mind. We can't. I simply cannot. There is no way to go back and redo the game. And if you believe it, I don't want to try and change your mind. Are people flipping on AOC and Raiders Nation already? He won you two straight games. Looks like Farva. Come on. Uh, Another question, I believe, from Brad. Another cue. 
Are those Giants finally going to get a QB in the draft? Williams? I guess one would think he would be an option to look at. You gave Daniel Jones so much money, though. But you would have a quarterback on a rookie contract. So maybe you can justify doing it. I think Drake May out of North Carolina is another one that would be very good. Question for you quickly before we get into fact or fiction. Has Caleb Williams' behavior soured you on him at all? You know, we saw the tears, the emotion. I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but some pundits do. Didn't speak to the media after his last loss. Is that a concern at all for you? That is not. The only thing that has started to raise some eyebrows about Caleb Williams is saying that he wants st- stock Weird. in the team that drafts him. First of all, nobody is going to give that to you. Nobody. Like, not even Al Davis. Or Mark Davis, pardon me. <laughs> Al Davis might have. Al Davis he was a wild card. Uh, Mark Davis might too, just out of pure desperation. Um, because once his mother actually dies, he's going to have to sell his team. Because by NFL standards, he is quite poor. And when you continue to pay, he's now paying three different people to be the head coach of the Vegas Raiders only one of them actually doing so at the moment. So that might be a story for another time. But yeah, that's that's the only thing, like weird outlandish things like that. Because you have to want, like, where are you getting this idea from? Who's telling you that? Like, are, are, are these people around you that's giving you this impression to make these bold, like ludicrous demands almost? The emotion, I love that. Like, he cares. Who doesn't want to see that out of your quarterback? And he can't play defense. That's been USC's problem for his entirety <laughs> of his uh, career there so far as a Trojan. Um can't win a big game. I would put that more so once again on the backs of the Trojans' defense. So, no, the emotion I like. I think he's still the de facto number one guy um, out of the draft this year. Drake May is certainly a good option. The funny thing is, is that currently the two last place teams in the NFL are the Carolina Panthers and Arizona Cardinals. The Panthers' pick belongs to the Chicago Bears. Did we see enough from Justin Fields in his first game back? And will we see enough over the remainder of the season to think the Bears would not take Caleb Williams first overall? The Cardinals of Kyler Murray, would they trade him? They've sh- they traded Josh Rosen after one year after making him a first-round pick. So I would, uh, unless the Giants really uh, continue to slide or we see a resurgence from one of these other teams, like the Patriots, they're going to take a quarterback. Like I think the Giants would be better suited to take one of the other uh, players available um, where they're probably going to be selecting in that four to six or seven range, I would think. Uh, I know you tweeted about it over the weekend. Uh, the kid out of LSU, Jaden Daniels, mm-hmm. uh, you mentioned potential Heisman. I think he's probably getting some first round consideration here as well. Uh, Penix Jr. out of Washington. I don't know if he's a top 10, top 15, but I, I certainly think he's someone who's going to get some looks. Other than that, I don't know if there's any other first-round quarterbacks. Mm. Bo Nix out of Oregon. He's he's going the Stetson Bennett route here where he's already like 25 years old. <laughs> Playing for his third team now? He played against Justin Herbert <laughs> when Herbert was the quarterback at Oregon. At Oregon. And now Nix Bo Nix is there. Nix was, at, was he somewhere before Auburn? I don't think so. We can quickly look that up, but I think he was just He had a great Auburn. game this weekend, though. Bo Nix certainly in the Heisman consideration. Yeah. I would say it's him, Penix, and uh, Jaden Daniels. Marvin Harrison deserves to be, but a lot like the MVP thing in the uh, NFL, it's kind of a quarterback's award to lose, unfortunately. 
Could you imagine if CJ Stroud stuck around for another year at Ohio State? No. <laughs> I couldn't because then my life would be way more miserable right now. You'd have Will Levis. Well, we'd have Davis Mills still <laughs> slinging it back there. <laughs> okay, let's get to a Factor Fiction brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse during the CBH for Monday, Thursday, and Sunday Night Football for your chance to win awesome game day prizes and qualify for a trip for two to the Super Bowl in Las Vegas. Not just one person. Three lucky people will do so tonight at the location I head to, Manning. At the other locations, two lucky people will qualify, plus a chance to take home their uh, CBH barbecue package, which is unbelievable. You can still barbecue, which is kind of the nice thing. I know some people, once the snow hits, maybe the the path out to the barbecue is a little tougher. No snow. Knock on wood. I want to make sure I do that. Uh, Caleb Williams was laughing at Max Duggan crying last year. Then he stands in the... Then he's in the stands crying in mommy's arms this year. What a tool. Yeah, nobody nobody mocks Max Duggan. Chargers practice squad quarterback. I'm with you, Spaghetti. And uh, we'll get to another one here with Kurt from Barrett in a second. But question number one in fact or fiction. I'm going to say a statement. Brandon will tell me if it's fact or fiction, cap or no cap. And uh, you can text in one 1440 and let us know what do you think. So first one today, Brandon. Calvin Pickard is a good option in daily fantasy sports. So I, uh, as you threw this to me during the break, I pulled up today's um, fantasy DraftKings uh, daily fantasy options, and I'm still just loading it to see. Because a big thing about like as a player, I would say 100%. I, I expect the Oilers to come out well and probably play with a more concerted defensive effort, knowing that you have a not a fresh face. He's He's played a lot of games in the NHL, but not super recently per se. Um, but anyway, price point matters a lot on goaltenders. And you can get Calvin Pickard for $7,000. This is all relative. Um, on a $50,000 salary. So the thing is, for $100 more, you could get UC Soros, um, Jacob Markstrom, or Dan Vladar. Uh, Calgary playing Seattle tonight, who is pretty weak offensive team. Uh, so far this season, 74-72. I'm going to say fiction just because for similar prices, you can probably get better options. The Panthers are a good team, and they know how to score goals. I mean, if you want a lot of shots faced, then I think potentially this could be a good one here. Although the Oilers, hey, when they get lots of shots, good they things lose. happen, right? Oh, yeah, they lose. <laughs> Anyways, <Over. laughs> I'm going to say fiction as well. I think there's just better options out there. I respect anyone who goes for it. Who knows? Like, maybe Calvin Pickard shows out. Maybe the team plays a little bit better in front of him. But we got to see it first. Uh, question number two here. That's not even a, qu- a statement number two. The Vancouver Canucks will finish the season with two players in the top 10 in NHL scoring. For the record, right now they have Quinn Hughes, Pedersen, and JT Miller all leading the league with 28 points. Uh, I will say fact. Um, one of them will be Quinn Hughes. Ooh. He will finish in the top 10 in scoring this season. He is dynamic. He is an, as exciting of a player as there is to watch in the NHL right now. The, the Canucks are a really pleasant surprise, and I know Oilers fans might hate to hear that. We are during the Carrier show. We had a few... Um, back and forth remarks as Kevin was trashing the city of Vancouver as a sports town. <laughs> uh, but between Pedersen or Miller, I, I would probably think it would be Pedersen uh, still in the mix. Miller, very good player. I mean, he had 90-some points a couple seasons ago, so he's certainly capable. But I uh, I will say fact, 100%. Those all, 
take your pick of players in Vancouver's top six and Heronic, Hughes, Demko, tons of super good fantasy options and daily fantasy options uh, for you from across the NHL. Yeah, I think I think I'm with you. I mean, they they've been putting up points and they'll they'll get those games against the Oilers who tend to give up goals and of course the San Jose Sharks, the divisional rivals. So I I think fact and all the reasons you said. I mean, they they've got some weapon. I think JT Miller might drop off a little bit, but the other two, I can see them hanging around. Maybe not even top 5, but I did say top 10, so I will say fact on that one. Statement number 3 with Aaron Jones Looking like he's going to miss a significant amount of time for the Green Bay Packers after the injury yesterday. A.J. Dillon is a legit starting player in fantasy football at running back. I'll say fact. Uh, A.J. Dillon has been a great complimentary back to what the Packers have had there for a number of seasons now. Quadzilla, his, his legs are the size of my entire torso. Jordan Love had his best game as a pro yesterday against the Chargers, which you can you can go into saying, yes, the Chargers defense is terrible. And I tweeted that out wondering if they're actually being paid to allow them to dice them up the way they did. It looked easy out there for the Packers. But you still have to give the Packers credit. Um, their plethora of receivers, you know, whether it was um, Jalen Reed, Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, Luke Musgrave, a lot of players contributing. But their backfield is still very important in making that happen. So Dylan, he's going to get a lot of reps uh, and he's and he's a talented guy. He's a powerful runner, so I'll say fact. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he's a guy who gets better the longer games go, right? Like, he is a guy who can wear down a defense. Didn't have a great game yesterday. Only averaged 2.1 yards against mm. the Chargers, which is kind of embarrassing. Also... <laughs> at a Chargers team without Joey Bosa. Yeah, Joey Bosa went down. The whole... First 300 passing yard giving us a charge defense. Like, it doesn't matter. Brandon Staley is an absolutely horrific defensive coordinator, and his play calling is terrible, but he's going to keep doing it. Don't ask him that question. Yeah, I, I, and I, I like him. So I, I think he will. I think he's a guy, that, especially when you get into the red zone, like, just give him the ball. Quadzilla, he's a, he's a beast. Got to give him, like, 15-plus carries, though, and let him try to wear down opposing defenses. Yeah, I, I'm not looking at A.J. Dillon as, uh, like, on your fantasy roster, like an RB1 or maybe even RB2, but I think he be, could be a pretty good flex option. Uh, or maybe if you have a really deep league and you start three running backs, which my one dynasty league did up until this season, we finally made a change because guys were complaining too much about the lack lack of options. You're throwing in uh, some third-string guys in certain cases. So um, if, if you have a deep league and, and whatnot, I think Dillon is a good running back option or a pretty good flex option uh, down the stretch here. Question number four. Sorry, statement four. I'm going to get this right eventually. The Atlanta Falcons will fire Arthur Smith at the end of the year and all of a sudden have three skill position players in the top 10 of their respective position. We're talking B. John Robinson, Kyle Pitts, and Drake London. They're going to fire their coach at the end of the year and thus propelling those guys back into fantasy football stardom. Uh, I'll say fiction because it will not take to the end of the year to fire Arthur Smith. When do you think it happens? Let's see. What's the Falcons schedule look like here? Well, they're they're four and six so far. They've lost three in a row. So it did start off well. And we could make that argument that they aren't winning or they're, they're not having great football, you know, for fantasy players. But on wins. the yeah, wins are all that count. Now, now they lost three straight and they are at home to the Saints this weekend. On the road against the Jets, that'll be a win. Host the Buccaneers, and then 
in Carolina. So they've got three of their next four games against divisional opponents. I would say, it, assuming they lose to the Saints and the Buccaneers, because I think both those teams are better than the Falcons, the way they are currently deployed. If they lose to the Panthers, I would say it could be a very unmerry Christmas in the Smith household, although not really because he is the heir to the FedEx fortune. Um, <laughs> I heard that, yeah. yeah true, his, his dad <laughs> founded FedEx. Um, if they lose to the Panthers on December 17th, that will be the final straw. Maybe even the week previous, if they lose, uh, if they somehow lose to the Jets and then the Bucks as well. So I will say uh, Arthur Smith out before the new year. What's his dad's net worth? I wonder. A lot. Like he that, you know, it's kind of a bat. It's kind of a a weird thing because you look at a guy like Arthur Smith. He does not have to coach football. He could do nothing his entire life, but he loves football that much that he still wants to coach. And at an NFL level where it takes so much time, so much commitment, and it does nobody cares how much how much money your daddy has. <laughs> You can still get fired at a moment's notice. Uh, so it, you got to give him credit that he's still actually doing this like for a living when you certainly don't have to. But um, that doesn't mean he's not a bad coach. And so far what we've seen this season especially, those weapons he has, adding another one to the mix in Robinson, he's a bad coach. His dad's worth $5.3 billion. Nice. Arthur Blank, the Falcons owner, is worth $7.6 billion. So I was going to say, Daddy could just buy the team, but I think Arthur Blank will say, yeah, I'm okay. I've turned this thing around pretty good here. Uh, final statement today. Tonight, Jalen Hurts will outperform Patrick Mahomes in fantasy football statistics. I will say fact, and uh, once we come back from break, I'm going to break down some of this situation. I'm still in 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 the game for both my fantasy matchups this week. Tonight's game, I think a lot of people will be in a similar boat because of the big names playing tonight. Hurts Mahomes, certainly amongst them. Uh, So I think we'll talk about that when we come back. But just off this statement, I will say fact. Jalen Hurts, touchdown rushing machine. A.J. Brown is awesome. Passing options. Uh, And Patrick Mahomes, who knows? Might be a bit of a letdown spot for the Chiefs here, who I continue to doubt. Week in, week out, probably proven wrong again. But yes, Jalen Hurts will have more fantasy points tonight than Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I think that's a fact. I think just that whole uh, running ability, the tush-push if they get to the one-yard line, certainly benefits them. I I wonder if Kansas City will have their little spin on that at some point as well, just because I think Mahomes just likes to have fun, and so does does Andy Reid. So we'll see what they do, and we have to see how Travis Kelsey performs after his little vacation. Where was he? Argentina? Argentina to see yes. T-Swift? Yeah, maybe. Maybe there's a little jet lag or something. don't think he traveled too many time zones, so it probably won't be that problem, but uh, it's going to be a fun one tonight. Uh, there you go. That was fact or fiction. Brought to you by the Canadian Brew House, sending you to the Super Bowl when we come back. Uh, we'll hear Brandon's breakdown of what's going to happen tonight. We'll also get to some text. Uh, Chomskers pulled the trigger on a trade. We'll see how that one's going to look. I think Imitation Tom had some CFL comments. And uh, St. Albert Kevin sent us some lineups. So we'll, we'll try to dive into all of those. It is Fantasy Frenzy brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky here on Sports 1440. We are back on Fantasy Frenzy. Connor Halley, Brandon Douglas with you. Brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. Home of Alberta's best beef jerky locations in Leduc, Spruce Grove, and West Edmonton Mall. Check them out online at wilhockbeefjerky.com. 1-833-401-1440 is the text line if you want to get anything in here. Uh, we'll get to a question here. 
from Jeff in a second. But uh, first, just want to let you know what's coming up on the station today. Uh, we'll hand things off to Alan Mitchell and Declan Kruger for the Lowdown with Low Tide in about 14 minutes time here. Uh, they will be joined by David Dwork of the Hockey News, covers the Florida Panthers. Also, Steve Simmons of the Toronto Sun. I don't know what they're talking about there. Probably the Grey Cup. Declan said Low Tide asked him to get Steve Simmons, so he did it. So I think that'll be probably Grey Cup. Everything else around the world. And then Jason Greger at 120. That will lead into the Jason Greger Show at 2 o'clock. We'll be joined by Robin Brownlee of Oilers Nation. Cam Tate will get in in there for the two-minute warning. Andy Petrillo of One Soccer. Canada victorious over Jamaica over the weekend. Men's national team will hear from our co-host, Terry Ryan. Uh, George Richards, of course, covers the Panthers as the Oilers are down in sunrise. That one gets going at 5 o'clock. We'll also hear from Mark Spector and Kevin Woodley of Ingold Magazine. So a busy day on the Jason Greger Show. And then at 4 o'clock, we are giving away our prize pack. Help your neighbor. Nice furnace for someone in need. So uh, if you did qualify, make sure you're listening around 4 o'clock to see if you are the big winner. The text line, like I said, one 401 Jeff says, you guys think I can get 44 points tonight? Standard league. I've got Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, and DeAndre Swift. Yeah, you could. I mean, remember that Chiefs-Rams Monday nighter a few years ago? That was just unbelievable. Like, I don't even know what the final like score greatest was. show on turf. It was, it was the highest. I don't know if it even has been top since. It was the highest over set in NFL history. And it hit. Right? The over hit. And I think quite easily, if I recall correctly. Um, 54-51. What a, <laughs> what a shootout. <laughs> yeah. Track meat of a game. That, if that happens, Jeff, I like your odds. The quarterbacks in that game, Mahomes threw six touchdowns and three interceptions. Goff threw four touchdowns. Uh, Jared Goff also ran for one. He was an absolute stud in that one. Tyreek Hill had a couple. Chris Conley had a couple. Kelsey, Kareem Hunt. I mean, it was point nine fantasy. So if, we, if you get that, then I might win both of my leagues as well because I have Jalen Hurts and uh, DeAndre Swift in a couple leagues. In a standard league... Assuming like standard scoring, meaning non PPR, um, that hurts your chances because AJ Brown collects receptions like the day job, which it is, funnily enough. Uh, DeAndre Swift also a very good pass catcher out of the backfield. Uh, the odd time that Eagles do like to use checkdowns and things, he's uh, he's a utilized resource in that regard. So if it was PPR, I would put your chances a lot higher. But I mean, hey, Jalen Hurts is very capable of putting up thirty on his own. Um, you get 18 from Brown, you're laughing. Like, like, and he, then you don't even, like, swift points or bonus. So it, it is far from out of the realm of possibility. Um, the thing is, the Eagles are high-flying offense. Chiefs have a very good defense, been one of the biggest surprises of the league so far this year. So it, it should make for a great game tonight. Here, I'm, I'm almost in a similar but opposite situation as you, Jeff. I need DeAndre Swift to not be outscored by Travis Kelsey by 16 points. So I lead by 16 points right now. I have Swift. My opponent has Travis Kelsey. And then in my other league, I'm done. I currently lead by about, give or take, 40 points, I think. And my opponent has A.J. Brown and Travis Kelsey. So that one has me feeling a little more nervous, but the other one is far from a lock. I mean... Running backs are kind of a gamble. Like, what if Swift fumbles the ball and then doesn't get 
doesn't get to go gain well the rest of the way. And Travis Kelsey puts up a couple tutties. Like, there's a very good possibility I lose both these games, but also a pretty fair chance that I, I come up victorious. So I'm sweating it heading into Monday Nighter. This is the first Monday Nighter where I've had some real stakes on my matchups heading into it. So uh, that combined with the actual real game itself of the two best teams in the NFL going head-to-head, I'm pumped tonight. Connor, you're going to be at Manning? Yes, sir. If I was still living in Fort Saskatchewan, I'd probably join you. <laughs> but I might opt just for the uh, Lewis Estates location just down the street uh, instead this Monday night. Nice perks of the CBH is that they're everywhere. So you can always find your there's local none, neighborhood. There's none too far away. Exactly. So like you said, this is game, I mean, I just want to grab their records here. Seven and two, eight and one. There are some similarities. There are the Chiefs back then in the game we were talking about, 2018. The Rams were nine and one. The Chiefs were nine and one. So who knows? You know, it was a little bit later on in the season, but we could see some points. Uh, For me, I'm hoping for a lot of Eagles touchdowns and a lot of Chiefs field goals. Harrison Butker, you know, give me a little 18 points or something. That would be okay. I don't think that's going to happen, uh, but it would be cool. Uh, text in here from Rowdy Roddy. Hey, boys, great show. My Niners won yesterday, as you know. They said Purdy had a perfect quarterback rating, which hasn't happened for the Niners since 1989 with Montana and Young. Can you explain how they come up with these numbers? Rowdy Roddy. <laughs> no, I, I am not smart enough to do that. I can tell you this. The NFL passer rating formula formula includes five variables, pass attempts, completions, passing yards, touchdown passes, and interceptions. Each of those variables are scaled to a value between 0 and 2.375, with 1 statistically being the average. So I just looked that up on Wikipedia, and the math is so complex in my opinion because I get paid to push buttons and talk on the radio. If you want to go check it out, though, just just Google passer rating NFL and look it up on Wikipedia and you can uh, take a look there. The NCAA is a little bit of a different formula. I think theirs goes a little bit higher. Now, the flaws, according to Wikipedia, since I'm on the page here, it does not take into account sacks, fumbles, or quarterback's rushing production, although by definition, it only measures passing statistics. So, yeah, it's the quarterback rating. Uh, 158.3 is the perfect one in the NFL. Uh, when you do what Brock Purdy did yesterday, was it three touchdowns, over 300 passing yards. You're going to get that one. doesn't have to be perfect, but in terms of completion percentage, uh, but when you factor in touchdowns and yardage, goes a long way. He was 21 of 25, so over 80%. Pretty dang impressive for Brock Purdy. That That's why I feel like we're, we're split on him half the time. Half the time we think that, you know, he's just a game manager, and then he goes out and does this, and we're like... Can he be more? Can, people always talk about Tom Brady, you know, late round pick, Mr. Irrelevant, and then doing what he, what he's doing. There was times where Tom just managed games, but then there was times he took it over. I don't know, Brandon. Like, it, just tying it in as a fantasy perspective, I don't think you can count on him all the time, but every once in a while, he he is capable of doing this. I think we had this discussion a couple weeks ago. I think it was before the Niners went on that three-game losing skid heading into the bye, was this team has so much talent that, once again, from a fantasy perspective, you can probably count on Brock Purdy just because he just has to put the ball in his teammates' hands. 
whether that's a check down to Christian McCaffrey, and yes, they he runs the ball a lot too, which Brock Purdy does not get any fantasy points for. But you have Brandon Ayuk, you have George Kittle, you have Debo Samuel, whose return to the lineup has been massive, as well as, of course, Trent Williams. Um, even if Debo Samuel's fantasy production is pretty meager. Like, I think Purdy is still a legitimate QB1 option on a week-to-week basis because the team is that good and the players around him are dynamic playmakers. Like, most teams are fortunate to have one legitimate playmaker on either side of the ball. The Niners have several. Like, I would 100% describe Ayuk, Kittle, and McCaffrey all as playmakers at their positions. When you get the ball in their hands, they can make people miss. They can run through guys. They're good in open space, all these things. So 100%, I think uh, Purdy's still a legitimate candidate week to week. I think that's going to do it for us as Alan Mitchell has walked in. Hey, Al. I forgot my computer. He forgot his computer. Stay tuned for the loosest show since Neil Young played the Fillmore. I remember that fondly. That was a loose show. We will take a – well, we'll hand things off. Thank you guys for tuning in to Fantasy Frenzy today. Uh, I'm Connor Alley, Brandon Douglas along with me. 1-833-401-1440. You can uh, text in to Al. He won't see it because he doesn't have his computer, but text in. Give him a compliment so when he finally gets his computer, he'll be happy to see it. Uh, up next is Lowdown with Low Tide. Declan Kruger along for the ride as well. we got the Jason Greger Show coming up at 2 o'clock as well, getting you ready for Oilers and Panthers. Before we get to that, though, we'll get to a break and an update with Brandon Douglas. Brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky, home of Alberta's best beef jerky locations in Leduc's, Bruce Grove, and West Edmonton Mall. WilhockBeefJerky.com. Here is the Duke.